check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Tebow Mania is officially finished, which is uh, bad timing for us. Now, let's talk about things that don't age well. Our podcast just from last week. <laughs> we talked about how crazy it would be if Tebow was a top 14 guy. Well, Tebow Mania is officially done. Uh, we should have known better after that block last week. That was just embarrassing, really. I mean, he's a quarterback playing tight end. I don't really know what we all expected, but the fantasy, the legend, the what-ifs of Tim Tebow, I think, are officially done in this league. Or is there a chance that we see Tebow maybe sign with another team? I mean, I was bullish, obviously, on him because I thought Urban Meyer obviously you know, has a soft spot for Tim Tebow and a willingness to create, I thought, might have been um, something that came to fruition. But if he can't make that tight end group, that was the big thing where you were saying he might actually stick because that tight end group is so bad. If he can't make that tight end group, I don't see him sticking anywhere else. So, I mean, I feel like the way that you talked about it last week, you expected him to be more of the receiving tight end. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was going to be positionless. I thought he was going to be like an H-back tight end, special teams guy. Like I, I didn't think it was going to be truly a tight end. Right. And so, obviously, we saw that his blocking was subpar, uh, to say the least. And, I mean, I don't know if they felt he was a good enough, you know, uh, athlete, I guess, to be, you know, a receiving style tight end. But for whatever reason, they made the call. Uh, I think it's pretty fair to say that the under on your uh, on on your on under your looks there, really good. Yeah, looks real good. Um, yeah, I don't, sure I don't see him getting to four this getting year. To four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought four touchdowns was a little bullish to begin with. So James O'Shaughnessy, Ben Ellison, Tyler Davis, the Jags looked at all three of these guys and thought Tim Tebow was better than them. So that the guy's definitely done. I mean, he he had to. Sh- it wasn't just the block. There had to be more that they saw. Um, he's slow, really, 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 really slow. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it it was it was a good story and honestly, good business move from Urban Meyer's standpoint. Uh, Jags sell a shitload of jerseys. A good business move from Tebow. He sells a lot of jerseys. He gets money off that. So, you know, all in all, I think it was a worthwhile endeavor for the Jaguars. But I think uh, this is Urban Meyer actually making a coaching move. This is Urban Meyer saying, you know what? Uh, This was a fun story. But now we're actually nearing the season. And I have a, what, mystery contract that we don't even know. But I have a feeling he's the highest paid coach in the NFL. And now I got to go out and earn these dollars or I'm going to be ridiculed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a really good point. I, I mean, the Urban Meyer factor was what I factored in him making it. I, you know, knowing Urban Meyer's track record, he definitely shows some loyalty, uh, even you know, naivete towards a few players. But he's uh, he's he does you know first first hurdle. He got over it. Yeah, um, I mean that he's he's made several bad decisions already before this one. At least he was able to rectify uh, a little bit there um, by by you know cutting Tebow there. The question remains, is this the last athletic endeavor that we see out of Tim Tebow? No, I think the Lakers await him. <laughs> We're going to see him in purple and gold. Um, I mean, you know, he's... Could he play hockey? No. <laughs> but do we, I mean, do we know his hobbies? Maybe he makes a late run at like PBA or, or uh, like the, the disc golf league or something. Maybe he makes a late run at something else. Maybe he's like a, a scratch golfer. That would be the least surprising thing I've ever heard. If, if it's like, oh, by the way, you know, he's also a great golfer. That'd be frustrating to hear. I don't think he had a very good throw 
from a baseball perspective. He was never known for his uh, fielding abilities in college, I don't believe, at UF. So uh, I don't think he'd be a good disc golfer. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely the the booth awaits him. And I don't know, the guy, the guy likes circumcising babies, so maybe maybe he could get in on that hobby, uh, you know, reconnect with his roots. Oh, I mean, he's going to make plenty of money uh, oh, throughout tons. the rest of his life. But I, I was just talking specifically from a sports playing. No, I, 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 I think the most sensible may, may actually be done. I think, yeah, I think the most sensible, most likely next step is he, you, you plug him in college game day uh, and he just is there for the next forever. Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to be what? As soon as Lee Corso is done, uh, he'll be on college game day every week. Like could be. Yeah, and he gets paid a shitload for like speaking engagements. Oh, um, yeah. The guy's going to have a great life. Uh, he's got a beautiful wife. He just fucked for the first time a year ago, and then the world ended shortly after. So um, he's had an eventful, you know, couple of years. Uh, he he caused a lot of destruction uh, by unleashing the fury last year, right after his wedding, and and here we are. So good for you, Tebow. Uh, you lived out your dream. Uh, it didn't work out. And now, because we never got to see you play a meaningful down in the NFL, now people are going to continue to say, oh, Tebow never got his chance. <laughs> That's what we're going to hear. Tebow never got his chance, despite the myriad chances that Tebow got with yeah. countless organizations. Because people are like, oh, you played in the playoffs, and then he never played again. What are you talking about? He played for the Patriots. Bill Belichick, the king of of refurbishing damaged goods in this league. Even Bill Belichick looked at Tebow and he said, I can't make anything of this guy because at the time he could have converted and been a meaningful player in the NFL. I still firmly believe Tebow could have had a nine, 10 year career in the NFL if he would have made the conversion early and would have been the tight end fullback that so many people that, you know, I blame Josh McDaniels for this. Is Josh McDaniels is one of the only guys in the, in the first round. He's the only guy that really saw him as a quarterback. You know, every, everyone else was kind of like, oh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't see this guy as Josh McDaniels goes out, surprises everyone by taking Tim Tebow. And uh, then inevitably, I think Josh Daniels went back to New England and, and, and that's why they got him. Right. Yeah, he was involved in that. And I mean, there's definitely been some things that you can point to Josh McDaniels hubris and say, okay, this is the situation we're in. I mean, Look at New England's receiving core last year. If McDaniels isn't confident he can accomplish something with that bottom bit of the barrel, you know, cast, then there's no way they, they try to field an NFL team with that. It's, it's Josh McDaniels is definitely to blame. Yeah, so I, I love Tim Tebow. Honestly, I really do. And I hate the Gators. Um, and, you know, I don't I don't even discount guys as, as hardcore as Newman does. Newman will never give a Gators player a, a, a sh- <laughs> even a slight shake. But it's not true at all. When people say that Tim Tebow didn't have a chance, like, yeah, did he win a playoff game? Yes, he did. On a really, really good Broncos team that he had a, wait for it, 50% completion rating. He had a career 47% completion rating. This guy was never a quarterback in this league. He inherited a Broncos team that was insanely good. By the way, won a Super Bowl just a few years after with Peyton Manning. So, um, yeah, the, the whole this. I, I'm almost sad that we didn't get to see Tebow actually go out and play an NFL game and perhaps show that he couldn't do it because now just because we'll never see that, it's always going to be this unknown, this unspoken, unseen thing where, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like the backup quarterback that never plays, and somehow he's the fan favorite 
just because you've never even seen him throw a pass. That's what Tim well, yeah, Tebow's going to be for the rest of his life. This, I think this is the best case scenario for Tim. That, that's one of the old adages. Uh, everyone's favorite quarterback. Uh, if, if, the quarter, if the quarterback for your team is not a superstar, uh, everyone's favorite quarterback is uh, the guy who's on the bench. So yep. just waiting to call for him. Oh, he threw an interception. Get the, get the other guy in there. Yep. <clears throat> so the Tim Tebow mania is, is over, and I'm kind of sad because the mean potential was so great. Um, but speaking of Tim Tebow, Josh Ro- Rosen was just waived this week. Um, <laughs> similar to Tim Tebow in zero ways. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't be um, more different people. We, uh, Tim Tebow is a guy who is a really good person who didn't pan out in the NFL. Josh Rosen is a guy who's a total piece of shit who I think everybody is happy didn't pan out. Yeah, I mean, the, so he gets waived by the 49ers. He actually went unclaimed on waivers. So he is a free agent, free to seek another, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, like this guy's probably, he, he's not in a position where he, he, he's a want for money. Like it's not about the money for him. He wants to play football, but apparently he's just not willing to do what the coaches want him to do. I don't know. Uh, he complained his way out of San Francisco by saying, you know, he wasn't getting any reps and all this stuff in practice. Um, well, maybe you, you have to earn the reps. So. I don't know. This, this isn't this isn't the guy that goes around earning most of what he had in life. No, and and he falls back on his. You know, he, he he's one of these guys. He was he was born in the middle top, and now he's here. So he's not one of these guys that this was his only chance at life. Like it, I I think his family's like super rich. Like yeah, I look at I look at these two f- stories, and it is funny like how different the people are involved in it. But it, in the end, it's really the same story. They didn't have the talent to cut it. Um, and I think Rosen, you know, his attitude obviously lent to that uh, because he did complain. Like, how do you fucking complain? You're, you have Jimmy Garoppolo and a guy they just drafted in the first round, and you're complaining for reps. Just be happy that you're even there. Like, pray that you carve out that third spot in that offense. But, man, terrible. I just – what I don't understand is, is you know, the modern era, we've – how many – drafts we have a sample size as data how does this continue to happen where you can't vet that guy out enough to know okay maybe we shouldn't use this guy take this guy in the top of the first round i'll tell you what it is derek it's ego 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 yeah right so every coach looks at a player and they say oh look at his skills right he has this athletic ability um josh rosen you know led the pac-12 in passing and stuff like that at ucla he was a really high rated recruit coming out of high school because he can throw but behind the scenes if you listen to some of the people who covered you know high school recruiting and all that stuff they they told you straight up the guy's a dickhead like he is a dickhead he's very entitled you know um so uh the fact that this this played out this way is not surprising but people are going to continue to take these guys with this you know whatever tools and athleticism that they think. And they're like, listen, all I need to do is get get my hands on him and I can make him great, right? Because that's what every coach thinks and every GM thinks. Do, so, you, do you think it's a matter of like these front offices just not communicating and talking to the right people, enough people, that, you know, they kind of go it alone versus talking to the... Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that it definitely has some impact in terms, terms of... Uh, you know them not talking to the right people but it's it's really hard to know exactly what they were told and all that kind of stuff because that's not disseminated to us but if i'm looking at it from this perspective uh i mean josh rosen had a lot of you know he checked a lot of the boxes that they look for 
in a quarterback. You know, he's big. He's he's got a lot of experience throwing the ball. Um, he's got good mechanics in terms of that kind of stuff. Then the day just probably comes down to like decision making, and he's him getting beat out and not being a you know a team kind of guy. So yeah, and you know uh, we we talk about Rosen like there were some red flags and such, but he he was a talented guy. And if if you just go by hey this guy's kind of an egomaniac or this guy's kind of an asshole, you might inevitably miss out on guys like Aaron Rodgers, you know. Because they're right. they're they're pretty similar players in, in in some ways. Like you could say that Aaron Rodgers, that's the reason he fell in the draft is exactly why people doubted Josh Rosen. Um, and obviously, you know, player a lot of teams look dumb for that. I think that whole situation just plays into what a crapshoot the draft is. Well, yeah, and so Ryan Rosillo's done this thing where he's looked at you know quarterbacks over the course of the last twenty years or so that get drafted, and realistically, the hit rate is about fifty percent. Um. And it's there's and it's not even just quarterbacks taken in the first round or anything like that. Like just guys that get drafted that people are really excited about. It's it's about fifty percent. Um, there's no rhyme or reason why some of these guys work out and some of them don't. Whatever it is, quarterback wise, that that you know people fixate on. We have not figured out what the key to success is. Um, but maybe part of that key to success is you actually have a good development system in place for certain guys because that's really what they need. Yeah. Let's talk about let's talk some preseason and some young guys. Well, uh, I wanted to touch on one more thing. Jamal Adams, speaking of somebody who's no longer complaining, Jamal Adams signs the the big contract extension, making him the highest paid safety in the NFL this year. Uh, for now, uh, until the next guy gets it. Um, and I I know you're a big. I'm going to bring up Jamal Adams stats. He has you know like two career interceptions and stuff. He's not really a uh, he's a box safety. He's not a he's not going to cover deep and stuff like that. Um, but he kind of is a Swiss army knife and they deploy him as such. What do you think about this move in terms of Seattle? Like, and obviously they traded a bunch of picks for him last year, so they needed to lock him up. Yeah. I don't think they really had a choice. He's the only thing besides Bobby Wagner that they really have going defensively. Um, he, you, you're right. He is a really, really, if you use him the right way, he's a really dominant player. I mean, you can play him up towards the line. He just, he's kind of a questionable coverage guy. Um, he's kind of a, he's kind of a, you know, he's certainly not what they used to have with the Legion of Boom, uh, where they had these physical guys who were also just excellent in coverage. But he is a really good player. But yeah, um, uh, the popular meme this week, uh, you look at guys. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul has more career interceptions than uh, Jamal Adams. Uh, also, Vince Wilfork, <laughs> the great defensive back, Vince Wilfork has more career interceptions than Jamal Adams. It is a little bit bizarre. But I don't think anybody ever confused him for a ball hawk, and there's 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 great value to guys like him. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so let's jump into some preseason reaction stuff because uh, it's always fun to overreact to you know basically week one of preseason. Only three weeks of preseason to react to this this year. Yeah, and teams are making it clear starters aren't playing. Like pretty much every team is just like. They're pretty much going to play it like last year. They're, they're throwing guys in for a couple reps, but starters aren't playing three weeks. Like, it's it's not a lot. When they had four, you could kind of blend them in. But with this 17-game season, you kind of have a little bit more room to work it in in season. I mean, there are so many guys that people have just come out and said, you're not going to play at all. Even guys like Micah Parsons, who's a rookie, he's barely getting any reps um, in these games. And I think it's the right way to play it. 
Uh, why take a chance on this? You know, it's every, everybody's going to have a, a, a longer season this year. Um, get them a few reps. And, and really all you're doing, especially with your veterans, is you're trying to get them acquainted to the game speed, um, get them just just into the reps and, and, and the mo- the range of motions. But, uh, yeah, I, it, it's, it's been interesting. But, man, what a week for rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, I think that's the big reaction there. Um, basically, anybody who's not competing for a spot is not really going to have to play much, uh, especially at the running back and quarterback positions for fear of getting those kind of guys hurt. And then if anybody that has some injury questions already is probably going to be sitting out um, unless they are, in fact, competing for a spot. So, you know, a guy like Melvin Gordon, who's a little bit dinged up, is not going to play. Um, but in terms of the quarterbacks, you know, we got to see some Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, uh, Trey Lance, et cetera. You know, all these guys, Mac, Will, Mac Jones playing. Um, and, I mean, what what'd you guys think? Who 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 impressed and who, uh, who maybe needs some more work? Well, Justin Fields, it's almost annoying how right we are about Justin Fields, right? Like, this guy's exactly who we thought he would be. He's this dynamic player. Um, you know, the one touchdown pass he made, the guy was wide open, so you can't really think much of that. But he is. You, you saw him. He, he's, he's, his speed stacks up next level. That, that's the first thing that I look for. Just seeing him move around, you know, in, in, in the pocket, uh, scrambling around. Uh, he's everything that I thought he would be in this league, and he's going to baffle me for the rest of his career. You know, there, there's just these guys. You don't see this often. Like, when Aaron Rodgers fell, I wasn't like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because I didn't really know a lot about Aaron Rodgers. I knew tons about Justin Fields coming to this draft. Uh, GMs are going to be kicking themselves for a long time. Justin Fields is who we thought he is. Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> we all we all liked him as, you know, our number two quarterback on the board for the most part. Um, he does fall, uh, but we've seen this happen before. Patrick Mahomes didn't go till you know, pick whatever, 10 or 11. Uh, Deshaun Watson was right there next to him. But some other quarterbacks had, gotten to, had been taken already ahead. So, I mean... Mitch Trubisky being the name, the main guy. So that, I mean, that goes back to ego again one more time with Trubisky because he didn't really play a lot at North Carolina when he had all this data on a guy like Watson and a guy like um, Patrick Mahomes. But oh, I've seen plenty of guys go early that I was like, that's a fucking mistake. And Mitch Trubisky is one of them. I don't see a lot of guys that fall. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I, I do have to say, although I did not predict that Lamar Jackson would be the MVP his second year. I do remember texting you after that draft and being like, could, could Lamar Jackson actually be a really, really good player in this league? Um, and, you know, he obviously was the MVP his second year. But guys like Justin Fields, like, I, I just don't know what people missed about him. I think a lot of it has to do with the epilepsy. I think people overreacted about the epilepsy. Uh, but epilepsy, it's it's doesn't... You know, it's 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 something that can pop up every now and then. Maybe he'll miss a few games in his career over it, but it's not like he's gonna have to stop playing because of epilepsy. That's not the way that disease works. Yeah, I mean, also besides that, with him, um, I think there was some, you know, there was some stuff that came out about him not being a hard worker and all that kind of stuff. Even if that was leaked by teams or whatever, or just some random ESPN uh, quarterback who likes to run out of the back of end zones, um, you know. <clears throat> but I mean, some of that caused him to drop. I still don't get it. Um, we did our analysis of it and breakdown, and you, get, you can go back and listen to what we talked about all of the quarterbacks because we talked about them a lot. But uh, to me, Justin Fields, 
it was right there with Trevor Lawrence. I would have taken Lawrence one and then him two, and I don't think there's much of a debate on it. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the uh, quarterback situation in New England. Mac Jones, uh, he looks the part, but then the things that people are kind of concerned about are concerning. Uh, I don't know that Mac Jones is necessarily the guaranteed starter in this offense uh, after what we saw. Uh, his arm strength does not look great. Um, so that that that's a bit concerning. Uh, and Cam, Cam Newton doesn't look good either. So are the Patriots just, are they kind of screwed? Like what, what what's going to happen with that situation? I don't think that we've learned anything about either of these players that are all that optimistic. Well, I mean, while, while, while arm strength is somewhat important, I think accuracy is more important. Um, we've seen some guys who've not been the strongest of arm or have had some injuries and stuff like that or other injuries cause them to lose some arm strength and them still be able to be successful quarterbacks, right? If they're heady and they're able to make the right decisions, et cetera. So, I mean, you look back at a guy like Chad Pennington, Peyton Manning on his latter years, those are some guys that definitely had some success in the league without having the strongest of arms. Um, one thing that I do think that we saw Adam Mack is that he does look very confident in the pocket. He does manipulate the pocket well, kind of like Brady does, even though he's not super mobile, which is a good thing to see out of a guy like that who's not necessarily the most fleet of foot. A lot of these young athletic quarterbacks have the ability to lean on the, their legs uh, at a young age where we don't think Mac's going to be able to do that. So the fact that he is able to manipulate the pocket already is is a good thing for him and, and may breed well for his success down the road. Um, and we've seen some guys that have developed some arm strength over the course of their careers. So it's, I, I don't think it's fair to necessarily count Mac out in that respect. But for now, it is definitely a situation where I expect both these guys to play some. Um, it just, you know, it, there's a lot of question marks there in New England. And I don't, I don't know what you would wind up doing. Is there a possibility that you bring in another quarterback uh, via trade? Or do you think that they'd be confident in starting Stidham or Hoyer or whatever? Uh, if, if one of, if, you know, for some, some issue happened there, Derek, I, I don't, I think between the two of those guys is going to, they're going to take the bulk of the, the players. Um, I don't think cam is the guy long-term, um, do they start him a couple weeks? And, and while the NFL, I think the NFL is going to start really sloppy this year. It usually does the first week or two. I think this year it might be three or four weeks with, with a lot of the starters not playing together and meaningful, full speed, uh, participation. Um, a lot of guys sitting out preseason, so it could be an easing in period where Cam takes you know, the kind of the starter role the first couple of weeks. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of rotate in a little bit if, if Cam's not playing well. Um, Matt gets in there, and I, I think you're right. He, manip- he manipulates the pocket pretty well. Um, the ball's out on time, which is good. Um, the, the, I think the question mark to him is either does he develop a little bit more arm strength, like you said, we've seen a couple guys do, or instead of getting the ball out on time, does he start getting the ball out early? Because if you can get the ball out early and on target, it makes up for arm strength. Yeah. <clears throat> so Zach Wilson actually looked decent. Uh, the ball definitely comes off his hands with a lot of velocity. So there's no question of arm strength there. Um, this is a system they've built up the offensive line. Is there a possibility that you know he could he could come out and actually look pretty good? No, I think he's going to be absolutely dreadful this year. Uh, nobody ever questioned Zach Wilson's arm strength. That's the last thing anybody questioned. The things I love about Zach Wilson, he throws a, ball, a really pretty ball on the run. He's got a hairline release, one of the fastest releases I've ever seen. I've always said 
Uh, there's a lot to like about Zach Wilson, but there's a lot to hate about Zach Wilson. His pocket presence is just terrible. You can't win in this league with pocket presence like Zach Wilson. So we're not going to know how that looks until we actually see him going up against starters. That's kind of the problem with the preseason is like the pressure is just not there. So we're not going to see him getting choked out, uh, especially guys. He's going to be playing the Patriots twice a year and that Patriots front seven is fucking good. So um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think, I think the jury's still out on Wilson. I don't think we've learned anything about him. We didn't already know. No, I knew he's an athlete. I knew he had a hose. I still worry about his size and, and how durable that'll make him. And something that I think gets overlooked when you talk about these guys coming out of smaller schools, BYU not being a you know major school, um, I think it really gets overlooked the quality of play they play against when it comes specifically to the pass rush. He doesn't really seem to feel the pressure or, or sense the pressure, uh, which for a rookie quarterback, I mean, you worry about ball security, you worry about durability. If he's not feeling the rush, that could be something to be concerned about. Well, so yeah, so BYU actually had a really good offensive line too. Plus, right. they tend to be a little bit older because they've gone on some missions and stuff like that. And so they're guys that are, you know, full-grown men. As they have some dad strength. You know, yeah. Um, so, but, and they had a pretty good offensive line coach too. So this was a unit that he did not face a lot of issues in terms of that. He had a lot of clean pockets, which, you know, I don't care which team you play for in the NFL. There's no team that's going to have that many clean pockets. Um, so <clears throat> it is definitely something to concern with. And I, I agree with you that the, the durability question is probably the biggest concern uh, for him in my opinion, but we shall see what they're able to do in terms of, uh, you know, coaching him up and stuff. But the Jets don't ha- really have, I mean, they signed what Josh Johnson, I think this week, a uh, couple weeks ago. And that's, that's really <laughs> it. Other than that, you don't have another like veteran backup quarterback or anything that you really would trust. So we're going to see a lot of Zach Wilson this year, uh, you know, a barring injury. <laughs> Josh Johnson, man, a guy won't quit. Won't quit. At, 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 uh, at what, 34 years old? Does Josh Johnson still have his best football ahead of him? All right. Um, um, the same football? <laughs> I don't, we haven't really, he, he's one of those guys that like gets to hang out in the league for a long time that you don't actually really see much of. Like, uh, was it Josh McCown that was in the league for like 16 years and played like 20 plays? So do you You guys know, uh, Pop Newman trivia, do you guys oh, know boy. who his uh, who his head coach in college was? Who? Josh McCown. No, I don't even know where he went to school. So he went to San Diego University and actually won the D2 National Championship with a guy by the name of Jim Harbaugh as his head coach. Wait, is it oh. Josh McDown or Josh Johnson that we're talking about? Josh Johnson. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, so the Bucks drafted him like a late round pick because uh, they needed another quarterback for Gruden to just you know play with, uh, even though he had no chance of actually developing him in any, anything. So, uh, but yeah, there's uh, there's some Josh Johnson trivia for you. Um, and then, I mean, Trey Lance, what'd you guys think of him? Did uh, he had some flashes to me? Um, but I think he's still pretty raw, and I that's that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, for Trey Lance, I saw pretty much what I expected. Uh, the ceiling's high, but really inconsistent. Really, just didn't really seem comfortable at all times. Um, doesn't really he I would say he looks the least like a quarterback of these quarterbacks as far as just his movement in the pocket and and his footwork's not great uh kind of a gunslinger but like you said there's some flashes where you're thinking okay if he can attain any level of that on a regular basis he he might be productive yeah I, I think the best thing for uh the 
the 49ers is that he didn't start this year personally. Uh, but I do, you know, I do wonder, I, I've, I've, I've been one of his biggest critics. I, I can't help but wonder, you know, like what if, what if, what if he does, what if, what if he can be a capable guy in this really good team? Um, I just don't see it. I don't, I just don't, the, the guy just does not impress me. Yeah, I know the way I, I've tried to like describe it to some people talking about it. I think there's a 2% chance he reaches that potential, but the potential is so high that that's how you get drafted early. Uh, but the window is is tiny. I mean, there's a million things that could go wrong on that journey. He's got a lot of work to do still. He's still very, very, very unpolished. Yeah, he's kind of like a Josh Allen. Like, he's exceptional clay. In the right hands, he could be excellent, right? And, and Josh Allen, like, nobody ever doubted Josh Allen's talent. They doubted the fact they threw 50% completion rating uh, at a bad yeah. school. So, yeah. yeah. I, we'll and he only, and Josh, a guy like Josh Allen only gets from his point A to the point B he's at now probably – one out of 15 times. Yeah. It fails way more than it is successful. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's. I think that we can point to kind of the development system that he got placed with, you know, some good coaches willing to actually let him, you know, be good at what he is good at early and then uh, try to develop, you know, the other skill sets. Um, so, I mean, I think that we will see some Trey Lance sprinkled in there, like I mentioned. Uh, they may use him in some red zone packages. They also, I think like one of the things that they really liked about him is that they feel that there is some some semblance of uh an offense that they're able to run uh with him at quarterback should something happen to Garoppolo. Um I think that they felt that there was, you know, maybe a with Jimmy G's injury history that there's a likelihood that he could get hurt and they didn't want to continue to trust a guy like Nick Mullins or CJ Bethard uh to to take up the reins. So they're gonna they're gonna go get the a guy that they think they can develop. Makes sense. <clears throat> And then Trevor Lawrence, let's just round it out there. Uh, what'd you guys think of him? It was nice being able to actually see him throw. I know it's been kind of hard to see him throw to this point. Um, There's not a lot of film happening at, at Jacksonville camp, but again, you, you see the reason why he's drafted over, you know, number one overall. Um, definitely, if he starts right away, it might take him a little time to settle in and get comfortable in the NFL. I think. I think I don't know if the game's a little faster. You know, obviously everybody, but. Um, Fields seems to think that you know the game's faster at this level. He he doesn't, uh, but I definitely all the pieces are there, and he's still almost six seven. Still has a great arm, beautiful hair, like yeah. everything we expected. Well, 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 to me, the ironic part about what you just said is that people were doubting some of some of the doubt on Fields was that he was a one read quarterback at Ohio State, right? They schemed everything open for him. Well, they did the same shit at uh, Clemson, and nobody questioned just uh, Trevor Lawrence in that respect. So, I mean, the fact that one of those guys, the one who was, the, you know, that they were all concerned with about that is the one who's not really having the acclimation problem. And the other one is, that kind of just says what we, shows what we know, what scouts seem to think that they actually know and what they actually do know is like not always on on par. Honestly, to quote one of my favorite athletic trainers of all time, uh, Patches O'Houlihan, uh, one of the greatest uh, dodgeball, uh, you know, coaches of all time. Hand of all time, that guy can throw. That's what I think about Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> guy's got a freaking <laughs> cannon. <laughs> uh, the, the, the 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 woman. He doesn't even look like a woman anymore, man. When he was eighteen, he was scrawnier, and with that blonde hair, you can mistake him. Boy, is he put on some fucking pounds. He is a full. He went from a beautiful. Blossoming woman, his eight when he was eighteen to just this fucking hoss. Trevor Lawrence yeah, is going to be a freak. And you, you see, obviously, you know he's working with a different frame than than Zach Wilson. We see Trevor Lawrence, who was already 
probably okay put on that kind of that that size. He's going to be a, a, a weapon down the goal line. Yeah. Um, okay, so was there any other preseason things that stood out to you? I mean, outside of the quarterbacks, I thought some of the, a couple of the young rookie running backs looked pretty decent to me. Um, and there's some stuff to monitor for for some fantasy, but I don't think there's a ton there. The biggest thing that stuck out to me was that terrible flag for taunting in the Colts game. Uh, I'm hoping that's just a preseason. You know, let's throw the drop the hammer on people because it's preseason well, yeah. and it doesn't make it to the, the regular season. Because if that's taunting, it's uh, so, it's so, fucking. They set themselves up so hard to fail with that stupid rule. Everyone hated it. Nobody likes it. Some fucking boomer owner. Uh, for the Jets or Giants or whoever the hell it was, came out and said, nobody wants to see taunting. What are you talking about? Everybody wants to see taunting. It's one of the best parts of the game. You, Did some, you see the uh, the some, Belichick clip that circled uh, right after that? It's like, oh, you know, here's what the NFL is saying about taunting. Here's Bill Belichick, and it's a clip of when he's talking about he's get, he gets mad because more guys don't celebrate. He goes, you know, you work hard for this. I put you guys through you know hell. You, you have to be really dedicated you work hard your family's helped you get here like if you don't show emotion i'm gonna be mad the, i see you know somebody make a big tackle like we're not good enough to not play with energy you guys need to be excited you need to be jumping up one guy's excited why is everybody else not excited so I, I thought it was pretty funny to see that contrast from you know what the giants are asking for the one the one time that i have an issue with taunting is like when you're getting your ass kicked and you like oh i made one one play and uh yeah, or if you're like, like if you're like standing, if so, you're yeah, straddling okay. a guy, staring down at him, okay, there's a line. But like yeah. what that guy did for the Colts, I'm like, no, not even close. That, they, that happens every day, every if play. That, if that happens in the, with the old rule, they can be penalized. So why yeah. fucking put in this rule that it's just bound to ruin games? It's just fucking. I hate it when these old, out of touch, you know, seventy five year old men are calling the shots on a game that's going to be inherited by people that don't like any of this shit. It's 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 yeah. just so out of touch. It's, it's like it's baseball has been experiencing this for years. Um, I think the, the worst part is that it's a penalty that if you do it twice, you get kicked out of the game. <laughs> I didn't so, even know that. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. They, they've made it that uh, they classify it as the same kind of personal foul. Where if they do that that level of taunting twice, they're out of the game. Oh man, it's amazing <laughs> how the NFL succeeds despite itself. Uh, I mean, it's it's going to be something that's going to get enforced probably the first few weeks of the season, and then it'll regress back to not being a thing. Yeah. But anyway, um, so how about some hard knocks? Episode two, you guys watched last night? Yeah, I did. I thought it was pretty boring. Yes, um, I, I, agree. I thought it was a bad follow up to the first, which I thought, you, you know, why uh, was Jerry Jones in the fucking editing room? Like what? Why didn't we see the good stuff? I, I didn't see any of the juicy shit that we saw from the first episode. Like they didn't show us Mark McCarthy. They highlighted the players more. It was kind of just like seeing these endearing qualities about players. No one wants to see that shit. Give us the dirt. I really wonder with, with how no, much nothing endearing on what Zeke did. Talking about his gooch and baby powder. <laughs> shit like that. He you know? has the like the weirdest like giggle. Like that that my biggest like one of my big takeaways, I was like, man, like it's a creepy guy to be around. Like I get he's, you know, an all world athlete, but man, how do you share a locker room with that guy? Cause he's, he's an odd dude. dude. He's a super weirdo from yeah. what I've seen. I mean, maybe it's just, they're playing it up uh, on HBO and he's, Oh, and you definitely like, he, he's but. always looking for the camera too. Like he knows where the camera's at. I think he's just a weird fucking dude. He's one of that, these guys. Oh, for sure. He's one of these guys that like, you know, he'd be nowhere if it wasn't for his in, insane talent. 
Um, but he's just a fuck. Yeah, he is. He's bizarre. You could tell even like Dak, even though they have like this friendship, they only have that friendship because they both came into the Cowboys around the same time. I, I have a feeling Dak is that one thing I picked up from the first episode is Dak is actually a pretty, he's an interesting guy. I like Dak. I like his personality a lot. Let's see yeah. lamb. Like what a beast. He loves his candles. That's, I think that's kind of the new generation that we're going to see. It's kind of a, it's like a softer, hard, hard athlete. He's like, excited to get back to his dogs. I'm like, okay, I can relate. Yeah, he's a cool dude. <laughs> I like, I like, uh, I like CD Lamb a lot, and not just what he's going to do on the football field, and which I think he's just going to absolutely annihilate. And then we I get do. some uh, Danuch and Parsons playing chess. I was like, all right, this is a this is a fun moment. Parsons is also <laughs> a really impressive, just human. That guy's awesome. Yeah. I like that guy a lot, and his mom's a really interesting character on that show. Yeah. For but sure. I, I don't know. Like, I'm a little disappointed in kind of just the direction in general for Hard Knocks this year. There's not enough of those, you know, we int- they introduced us to the Kamara kid, and that's basically kind of it in terms of, like, guys that were like, we're going to follow a little bit here, but who knows how long he's going to last. He was a practice squad player last year, and it's like, I don't know. It makes you wonder what kind of caveats were agreed to. And I know, you know, Jerry Jones is, is famous for being a control freak. He controls his own apparel and everything, uh, own licensing. You, you wonder if he's like, yeah, we'll do this, but, uh, my team needs last look at, you know, the edit. No, I, they, and, they, they have no choice. It's, it's, it's built into the NFL contract, the HBO. They, is they, it? They, yep. The, the, the only way that you can protect yourself from being on hard knocks is if you weren't on it the prior year, and if you make the playoffs, that those are the only two ways that a, well, a team well, no, cannot uh, refuse it. You, you're not allowed uh, if you have a rookie coach. I think uh, rookie head coach, you're not on it either. Got it. So yeah, I mean, for me, the the highlight was seeing McVeigh again. I was uh, I was excited to see my boy McVeigh get off the bus, running around practice, shaking, you know, getting guys hyped. It's just such a it's such an interesting contrast to see Sean McVeigh at a practice versus McCarthy. Yeah. For sure. Even in the, the you know the the fifteen seconds of film he got on McVeigh. Yeah. So um, just I don't, I don't know probably the one of the last things here that we have to talk about. Uh, some interesting stuff has come out in regards to college football, where the Pac-12, Big Twelve, and SEC have all stated that they plan on making any missed games due to COVID forfeitures, uh, including uh, and I think the Big Ten even said came out and said that they're going to be league losses and stuff for them. So, I mean, this is huge. Do you think that this actually, you know, last year we had, we saw Ohio State, you know what I mean, like miss some games and then the league was like, oh, we're just going to vote them into, uh, we're going to amend the rule that we made so that they can still go to the Big Ten right. Championship. In that case, th- that wouldn't be acceptable this year. You know what I mean? So it's not like you can just do and this. I think that's why we're seeing this. I think we're, we're seeing this, that sets a, a kind of a, a structure around how these games are handled so we don't run into that again, where a team is missing a bunch of games. Because most of Ohio State's games they missed were, were due to opponents too, I believe. So you're you're not going to run into that issue this time around. Everybody's playing by kind of the same rules versus the bad optics of we're going to force Ohio State in here. Yeah. Um, I did see that uh, the state of Washington is implementing – uh, that their coach that that you know all staff have to be uh, vaccinated, which their Washington State head coach Nick Rolovich has said that he was not vaccinated. That doesn't mean that he's not yet, but at the time he was not. Um, so I don't know. They could get pretty interesting. Uh, I'm ready for college football, and so 
a little bit of a scratch scratch the news here, but this is the only real big topic so far. Yeah, pretty slow pretty slow news week when Tebow's dominating it. But Tebow would have dominated no matter what was going on. But uh yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap, wrap this up, folks. Uh, from all of us here at the Sports Beamery Podcast, thank you so much. Good night.